Okay, so sitting here today, when did these, can you tell me what year these clinical yes, trials occurred? Yes, they were done in the, in the 1960s and the 19, uh, yes, th okay. mainly in the 1960s. So you're claiming something happened, but you're not willing to provide any proof that it happened? The proof is in the publications, which you okay, can, can read. Okay, can you please turn to the page where it's, where it's in there? I'd like to note for the record that Dr. Plotkin has been reading from his notes as well as looking through a, a book entitled Plotkin Vaccines, 7th Edition. So on um, pages, let's see, uh, between pages 592 and 600, including tables that show the antibody responses proportion of ch uh, children with fever and rash after measles vaccine, uh, et cetera, uh, and the numerous references which uh, go with this chapter. So which, so are you saying that that was a pre-licensure clinical trial? Yes. That you just read from? Yes, but again, I insist that pre-licensure or post-licensure the fact remains that the vaccine has been studied extensively over a period I, I, of 50 years. I know, I understand you want, you want us to just take your word for it, but I prefer to rely on science, peer-reviewed publications. That's and what you'll find trials. in there. And so, you know, I understand yeah. that you're getting a little upset about me trying to ask for the data, but, you know, that, that, that's, I'm just trying to get to the substance, the FDA. I, it requires that clinical trials be on the insert. They're not here, okay? So let's, you're saying that this table, and let me take a look at it. This would have been post-licensure, not pre-licensure, and it doesn't indicate a placebo group, um, nor that it was so I'm not, this is not a clinical trial as far as I can tell. Do you have a, can you point me to something that had a placebo group and was pre-licensure, please, sir? Uh, I'm not sure of the placebo group. I would have to go back and look at the individual studies. But in, in terms of, um, uh, of uh, pre-licensure studies, I am... Um, absolutely certain that they were, were done uh, when the measles, the rubella vaccine that I developed was incorporated into MMR. Obviously, clinical trials were done uh, before licensure, and I'm absolutely certain about that. Well, maybe they're not included because they didn't include a placebo group. So they they were not may not have included placebo groups. So yes. maybe they weren't deemed valid and, and, and enough to, to consider a clinical trial. That's absolutely f false because you can I'm certainly collect reactions in 
uh, individuals who receive the vaccine, for example, fever and seizures and that sort of thing that happen uh, immediately, um, uh, and, um, uh, and whether there's a, an effect on um, blood cells, etc., uh, those things were, were, were definitely done. I, I'm absolutely certain of, of, about that because I was there. But there was no control group? I don't remember there being a control group for the studies that I'm recalling. So, you don't, so you're not aware of any trial that assessed safety in MMR with a control group, correct? I cannot cite such a study offhand. I'd have to go back and uh, look to see whether, uh, whether control groups were in included. Okay. I, I'm just, I, you know, we, we, we talked earlier that you know, to assess safety, you need a randomized placebo-controlled study. And um, my understanding from looking at this insert is that no such study exists. You told me that it's in this chapter and you assured me it's in there, but you're not citing to anything in there right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to get a copy from you if you'd like to provide it after this deposition. Would you like to do I that? I will look. Okay. Going back to page six, there are all, there of the manufacturer insert for MMR. There is an extensive list of adverse reactions that have been reported after licensure of this vaccine by individuals receiving the vaccine, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to read through all the ones in the, because it's page and a half long but they are, they're extensive. Um, uh, so, and, and of course, we won't know whether or not MMR actually causes any of these unless we have a randomized placebo-controlled study, correct? Correct. And when I say these, I mean all the adverse reactions listed in the manufacturer insert for MMR on page six, seven, and eight, right? You understood that's what I meant? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, l l let me ask you this. Yeah. Look, l listen, l let me ask you this. M maybe you can help clarify, okay? Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'll leave, I'll leave that alone for you. Uh, you also testified um, that Faith should be vaccinated for Hib, correct? Yes. Okay. Do you know how long the safety review period was for each dose of ACT-Hib in the pre-licensure clinical trials for this vaccine? Not offhand, no.
I'm going to hand you uh, what's been marked as Plaintiff's Exhibit 14, Dr. Plotkin. Um, this is the ma manufacturer insert for ACTIB, correct? Yes. Okay. If we go to section 6.1, which is the clinical trials experience, um, I believe you'll see it addresses a number of clinical trials that were performed, correct? Yes. Okay. And what were the safety review periods in these trials? Um, uh, 48 hours uh, for, uh, yes. Okay. Um, actually, you know, if you turn to page 8, Dr. Clock, and there was, they did one that actually was 30 days long, correct? Uh, say again? I said if you turn to page 8 of the insert, one of the clinical trials they did actually did look at, did do a 30-day follow-up, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, now, I'm going to read, I'm going to read you uh, a sentence from the paragraph at the bottom of that page. It says, in study P3206, within 30 days following any dose, 1 through 3 of Dapticel plus IPOL plus Actib vaccinees, okay, 50 of 1,455, that's 3.4%, mm -hmm. participants experience a serious adverse event. Yes. Right? Um, now, if... Uh, one way to establish whether or not those adverse events were related to the vaccine was, was to have a placebo group, a control group, receiving an inert substance, correct? That's one way. That's right. But there wasn't a control group here receiving an inert substance, correct? Uh, as far as it says, no. Right. Um, and uh, the control group here received other vaccines, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and well, so, actually, there does appear to be, well, the, for dose four anyway. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, it's, all right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, don't do. Anyway. Um, so, since there is no placebo group receiving a, a inert substance, then it's left to the vaccine manufacturer seeking licensure to determine whether or not the 50, the uh, adverse events they, they, uh, uh, that arose are or are not related to the vaccine, correct? Generally speaking, studies organized by manufacturers or anybody else for that matter of vaccines has a safety board attached to the study and they evaluate whether they think the uh, reaction was due to the vaccine or not. As it says here, only one of the serious adverse events was attributed to the vaccine, uh, which was a seizure with apnea occurring on the day of vaccination after the first dose, which is, uh, you know, in 7,000 infants, 
uh, and a vaccine that prevents meningitis and other serious diseases is not too bad. Right. So let's well let's let's look at that more carefully. Um, this is out of the out of 1,455, correct? Yes. And it was 50 children that had a serious adverse event within 30 days, correct? And this they they had. Um, where is that? That's the bottom of page eight. Yes, but you have to understand what is meant by a serious adverse event. They uh, try to accumulate all uh, uh, things that happen to children in a trial. And when they say it's serious, they mean <coughs> it's, it's not something like pain in the arm or, or something that's relatively trivial. And then they evaluate whether or not the serious adverse event could be related to the vaccine or not. And what this says is that only one of those events was attributed to the vaccine. That's right. That's exactly what this says. What yes. I'm asking, and, and you told me that the per people that evaluate that is a board set up by the company, the pharmaceutical company seeking approval, correct? Yes, they okay. set up the board and they choose individuals who uh, are not uh, employees of the company. But they choose the individuals, correct? They choose the individuals, okay. yes. Um, in your experience, Dr. Plotkin, in any given 30-day period, do 3.4% of children in this country experience a serious adverse event? Yes, that's quite possible. Okay. In your experience, would you expect 3.4% of children receiving a saline injection to experience a serious adverse event within 30 days of receiving the injection. That's what that means, yes. Okay, so 3.4% every month, uh, that would mean within three years, every child in this country would experience a serious adverse event, correct? Yes, That's correct, right. but okay. you have to understand that serious adverse events mean, for example, that a child develops a respiratory infection during the, the period of the trial. And then the question is, could that respiratory infection be attributed to the vaccine? Mm -hmm. And the board decides whether or not it's likely that a vaccine could cause a respiratory infection two or three weeks after the vaccination, for example. Wasn't there recently a study out, out of Hong Kong in which it was, a, it was actually one of the few randomized placebo-controlled studies in which some children were randomly got flu vaccine and others didn't get the flu shot. And those that got the flu shot and those who didn't had the same rate of flu, but those who got the flu shot were four times more likely to get certain other respiratory infections. Uh, well, I have not read that uh, particular study. We can, we can get to it later. But um, uh, influenza vaccine is a whole uh, story in itself. Okay. Um, that's fine. If you haven't read it, um, that's, you know, we can, we can get to it. I have it. We'll, we'll come back to it. Um, in, um, now there was also, there's another act, there's another HIB vaccine called Hibarex, right? And then, which was licensed after act HIB, correct? Yes. And in that clinical trial, they used uh, act HIB as the placebo assess safety, correct? Um, if you say so. Okay. All right. Um, the CDC's pediatric schedule you testified earlier also includes vaccination for HPV, correct? Yes. Okay. 
I'm gonna... I'm going to hand you <clears throat> what's been marked as plaintiff's uh, exhibit 15. Um, and um, sorry, handing it to you. This is the manufacturer insert for Gardasil, correct? Mm -hmm. Which is a vaccine against HPV? Yes. Gardasil is currently the only HPV vaccine used in the United States. I'm sorry. Um, Gardasil, uh, I'm going to ask you a question unrelated to what I just handed you for a moment while um, uh, my co-counsel here sends a copy to opposing counsel. Um, okay, thank you. So, um, Gardasil is currently the only HPV used in the United States, correct? Uh, I'm not sure whether the GSK vaccine is still being used or, or not, but Gardasil is the one that is, is used mostly in any case. Okay. Um, can you please turn to page 8? Table 9 of this insert. Mm -hmm. Okay. This table reflects girls and women 9 through 29 years of age who reported an incident condition potentially indicate indicative of a systemic autoimmune disorder during the clinical trial, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, the subjects receiving Gardasil show a rate of 2.3%, um, right? So that means 2.3% mm -hmm. of the girls and women in the clinical trial um, during a six-month period um, uh, had an incident that, that indicated a systemic autoimmune disorder, correct? Yes. Okay. And, the, and, in the, and in the AAHS control or saline placebo group, it shows the same rate, correct? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Do you know how many individuals were in the saline placebo group versus the AAHS? S control group? Well, it says 9,412. All right. That would be the total number for both groups, correct? No, for the placebo group. For the placebo group, correct. But some of them received AAHS and some of them received the saline injection, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. Do you know how many received a saline injection over an AAHS injection? Don't know. Okay. Um, let's go to page four, um, and table one is for girls, and table two is for boys. 
I'm assuming all participants were either girls or boys. If we add up the saline placebo group for the girls and the saline placebo group for the boys, do we get 594? Um, well, I'd have to do the <coughs> arithmetic. Okay. But um, three. it appears that um, there were about 5,000, more than 5,000 in the AAHS control and um, about 600 in the saline placebo. Right. It's about 594. It's about 600. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we go back to page 8, the saline placebo group had five, about 600, and the rest of them were AAH control, correct? Um, apparently, yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> what does AAHS stand for? The aluminum adjuvant. Okay. Um, and, and I see and it's defined here as amorphous aluminum hydro... Hydroxyphosphate sulfate. Right? Yes. All right, thank you. Um, which we'll refer to as AAHS, uh, or, the, or the aluminum adjuvant. Yes. Good? Okay. Um, AA, AAHS is not an inert, an inert substance, correct? Well... It's not saline, if that's what you mean. But they use it as a control because they're trying to make uh, to determine what the reactions are to the HPV vaccine that contains the uh, aluminum and separating uh, the um, uh, reactions to vaccine from reactions to the aluminum. Make sure I understand that. Are you saying they're trying to determine what the rate of reactions is between the group that gets Gardasil yes. with the group that gets the aluminum yes. with the group that gets saline. Yes. So the, they want to compare between those three distinct groups, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they did do that in table one and two that we just looked at on page two. Yes. Uh, page four, correct? Yes. Okay. Why is aluminum added to the Gardasil vaccine or any vaccine? To increase the immunogenicity of the um, active part of the vaccine. If I may, what you mean is that, it, it, if I could use a little more layman terms, are you saying it's intended to stimulate the immune system to create antibodies? Yes. Would that be correct? Uh, yes, not by itself, but by enhancing the response to the vaccine antigens. The antigens bind to the aluminum? The, yes. And, they, the, and, and the aluminum is persistent? Yes. In the, and it, it remains in the body such that it continues to present the antigen such that antibodies can be created to it, correct? Well, at least during the immediate period of vaccination, yes. Okay. Um, there is, in fact, a a syndrome called autoimmune autoinflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants, correct? Uh, that is a um, debatable point. 
there was a fellow named Yehuda Schoenfeld, an Israeli who was pushed this idea uh, for many years. Um, as uh, I, I think it's fair to say that he has never uh, had acceptance by the larger community of um, uh, immunologists or um, rheumatologists. Um, I am going to hand you what is being marked. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hand you what's being marked as exhibit uh, sixteen. Are you familiar with this book? Uh, generally speaking, yes. I can't say I've read it all, no. Okay. Um, and it's entitled Vaccines and Autoimmunity, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. And it extensively discusses, uh, it's, it's a, it, 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 it discusses many autoimmune conditions that the authors believe can be caused yes. by vaccines, and in particular by aluminum adjuvant, correct? Uh, well, I know about it. Aluminum adjuvants. <clears throat> I know about particularly th uh, uh, aluminum adjuvants, but that's one of their arguments. Okay. Can you please turn to um, um, the contributors, which starts on... Um, Roman numeral, little Roman numeral nine. Okay. Uh, keep going. Two more pages. Okay. There are, um, I think, somewhere around 77 contributors listed here. Um, you said that Yehuda Schoenfeld was kind of alone, I think, um, or something like that with regard to the claim that of uh, autoimmune, autoinflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. Yes. Um, can you just flip through and look at the universities that are listed here, where these over 70 professors hail from? Are these respected uh, institutions of medicine around the world? Well, first of all, uh, Counselor, uh, I'd have to go over the CVs of uh, each of the uh, people here. I, you know, I, I don't know what their role is at the universities. Uh, as I said before, Schoenfeld, uh, Schoenfeld, first of all, Schoenfeld himself is not anti-vaccination. I know that for, for a fact. Uh, on the other hand, at least one of his co-authors, uh, Tom, Tom Lejenovich, is a well-known anti-vaccination uh, person uh, who's uh, written a lot about how terrible vaccines are. And um, as far as the, the articles uh, are con concerned, uh, you know, I have to uh, read each one. But for example, 
uh, vaccination in patients with autoimmune inflammatory rheumatic diseases. In other words, patients who themselves already have uh, autoimmune diseases. That's a, certainly a, uh, a, a legitimate um, field of study. In other words, how do you vaccinate people who already have autoimmune disease? Uh, could their vaccinations make things worse? Uh, but that doesn't um, necessarily mean that the vaccines themselves uh, cause disease. Now, here we have a chapter called Measles, Mumps, and Rubella Vaccine, a triad to autoimmunity, uh, of which Schoenfeld himself is, is one, of the, one of the authors. I am, um, uh, uh, what shall I say, I do not believe there is any solid evidence that measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines cause uh, autoimmune responses. So, you know, lots of books are published, and a lot of them are absolute bull. Are you and saying that this book is bull? I haven't read the whole thing, but I am uh, almost certain that there's a lot of bull in it, uh -huh. judging from, from the editors. Bef without reading it, right? Without reading all of it, yes. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the uh, Tel Aviv Sorowski Medical Center? No. Okay. You're familiar with the University of Paris? University of Paris. Paris has many different universities. Uh, they're sort of numbered. Okay. Um, familiar with the University of Pisa? Pisa? No. Mm -hmm. well, I'm sure there is a University of Pisa. Okay. Are you familiar with the te Technion, Israel Institute of Technology? Yes. The Rappaport School of Medicine? Mm hmm. I can't tell you one thing because I've talked to Israelis about Schoenfeld. And Schoenfeld's opinions are, are not majority opinions, even in Israel. But, for better or worse, there is a syndrome out there that is called autoimmune autoinflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. And there are apparently professors at universities um, who disagree about uh, the syndrome. But it is out there, right? There is. Schoenfeld's has postulated this syndrome, yes. Mm -hmm. And there's at least 70 professors at universities around the world that are in agreement with that syndrome. No, absolutely in this book. not. Okay. I'll bet if you go through that book and talk to them, you would find that most of them probably do not agree because all of the articles in this book don't say that vaccines cause autoimmunity. Some of them do. Okay. There has been concern raised that aluminum adjuvants and vaccines can cause autoimmunity. There has been concerns raised, yes. Okay. So if there's been concerns raised um, that aluminum and vaccines can cause autoimmunity, and there's this medical textbook, which we've, I understand your opinion on, <laughs> um, why combine the autoimmunity rate in the 
aluminum adjuvant control with the autoimmunity rate and the saline placebo? Why not break those out to show them separately? Well, they did to some extent, uh, but uh, I, I think the, the, re the reasoning was that they wanted to uh, be sure that the reactions that uh, were seen, uh, and let me par parenthetically say that uh, HPV vaccine is painful, and they wanted to be sure that the reactions that they were seeing uh, were not caused by the, uh, the adjuvant or uh, that they were specific to the HPV antigens themselves and, and not uh, to, to the adjuvant. So I judge that's why they did that. Well, under that logic, then they certainly should have broken out the aluminum control from the saline placebo control and showed them in two separate columns on page 8, correct? They probably should have, yes. So that you could see the difference in autoimmune rate between the individuals receiving the aluminum and the saline placebo, correct? Yes. Okay. In your experience, would you expect 2.3% of the girls, of girls and women in this country between the ages of 9 and 26 to develop a systemic autoimmune condition in a six-month period? Well, that's uh, a hard question for me to answer. I, I, am, I am not a uh, rheumatologist, uh, but um, the, when they say um, autoimmune conditions, I'd have to read exactly There's a list. what they mean. If you go to uh, page 8, um, it, they've got a long list right there of the conditions. Yeah. It starts with arthritis, you know, arthralgia. Right. Right. Uh, so, um, Yeah, so they have included just about uh, everything that you could consider an autoimmune uh, d disorder. And um, all I can say is that they have, uh, um, as I, well, as I just said, they've attempted to include uh, everything. And those are the, those are the data. What, you know, what can I say? As far as 2.3% uh, autoimmune disorders in, in six months. Um, these are women nine through 26 years of age, so they're not just girls. Uh, and uh, I don't think it's impossible that that's the case, when, especially when you have a list of disorders that is comp so comprehensive as this. Okay, so 2.3% in six months, 4.6% in a year, in 10 years, half the women in this country would have autoimmunity. Does that, in your experience, would that be accurate? Uh, well, again, I'm not a rheumatologist, so I, I cannot answer uh, that question spe specifically. Uh, all that I can say is that they attempted to do a comprehensive study of autoimmune uh, phenomena in, um, or putative autoimmune phenomena in, in this uh, study. And that's what they found. What do you th do? You know the percentage of girls in the saline placebo group that developed a systemic autoimmune condition during this clinical trial versus the AAH control? Uh, no, AAHS. No, I do not. Without going back to the original study. And.
Dr. Plock, I'm going to hand you what's been marked exhibits six, plaintiff's exhibit 17. This is the clinical trial data for the saline placebo control group in the Gardasil trial. So you can, you can go to page two, Dr. Plotkin. You can see that the number of vaccinated in the placebo is 596. Right. Well, you can see at the top, um, on the first page, I'm sorry. On the first page, Dr. Plotkin, it says a study of Gardasil in pre-adolescent adolescents, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. In, I'm sorry, uh, a study of Gardasil in pre-adolescents and adolescents, okay? And uh, page two, you can see that it has the 596 saline placebo recipients. Can you please turn to... Um, the serious adverse event section, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the seventh uh, page. They don't print with page numbers, unfortunately. Serious adverse events. Okay, now if you go to the next page, run right after that. <coughs> if, just take a look at that. You could see that the second column is the placebo, the results for the placebo group, correct? Mm hmm. Okay. Can you please take a minute and go through each page and tell me if there was any value that wasn't zero in terms of uh, finding a serious adverse event? No, I don't see any. Okay. So in the saline placebo group during the, the trial, they, there was not a single systemic autoimmune disorder um, that was reported, but yet there was 218, 2.3% or maybe more actually in the AAH control when you pull out the saline placebo group. Well, let well, me, let me well ask, again, you ahead, have to do the arithmetic, but if you subtract the uh, 600 or so uh, from the total, you could easily figure out the percentage uh, in the uh, aluminum group. All right, so let's do that. Let's do that. So there's 900,412 in the aluminum group, mm -hmm. excuse me, in the total in all of, in both groups combined. Yeah. If we pull out the saline placebo group of 594 from the 9,412, mm -hmm. Would that make the 2.3% number go up or down? Uh, it would go up um, slightly. That would be, <clears throat> um, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, okay. but that would be reducing the total to about 8,800. And um, so uh, I guess that would be in, in here, right? Go to go to page eight. Right. So, so the point is, is that if they would have broken out, it's two, it would be two hundred over eighty-eight 
8800. And uh, I doubt if there would that would show a significant difference between the Gardasil and the AAHS group. So the Gardasil group would show 2.3, it shows 2.3%. Yes. If we took out the saline placebo group from the, the second column, it would show 2.3 or above, around 2.3 still, correct? Uh, maybe. A little higher, 2.4, yeah. 2.5. And then if we had a third column that was just the saline placebo, mm -hmm. it would show 0%. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't that have been a significant finding to report? Um, and I don't think you'd have to ask a statistician, but I doubt that the statistical difference would be significant. Doesn't it at least caution? having a larger saline placebo group if your concern is statistics in terms of statistical power which I yeah assume. they 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 might might have done that um but they didn't do if that. they yes uh i don't know uh, what that decision was uh, based on but uh if you're talking about uh, implication of uh of aluminum uh there uh, uh at this point uh there's really no reason to suspect that aluminum by itself can cause autoimmune disease. I, 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 here is the clinical, pre-licensure clinical study in mm -hmm. which 2.3% of participants in the Gardasil group and in the control group had, uh, had a systemic autoimmune disorder and it was deemed safe because they were around the same rate, right? Mm -hmm. yes. But the saline placebo group that didn't get the aluminum adjuvant had a 0%. Right? A small group, yes. Of, of 594. Yeah. And so the vaccine apparently, they, that, if you turn back, Dr. Plotkin, to page four, please, of the Gardasil insert. You there? Yeah. Do you see that they break out Gardasil in one column, those who received AAHS control in another, mm -hmm. and those that had saline placebo in a third column? Right. And that's with only 320 participants in the saline group in table one. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. Okay. And, they, and in table two, they break it out as well, correct? The saline group from the AAHS control group? Yes. If you turn to page five, they again break out the Gardasil, AAH control, and saline placebo groups in tables three and four, correct? Yes. Okay. But they chose to conveniently combine it when it came to systemic autoimmune disorders, right? Well, in the case of the um, page four and five, uh, they were looking at uh, local reactions, and of course aluminum does give local reactions. Uh, on uh, page 8, where they were looking at uh, systemic autoimmunity, uh, I guess they uh, believed that uh, aluminum uh, in itself 
uh, is a reasonable control and uh, would not cause autoimmunity. Okay, so going into this study, they just assumed aluminum wouldn't cause autoimmunity, and so that's how they proceed in designing it. I got it. All right.